Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. Hello, everybody. It's time for scripture reading. Ready? You guys want to read along with me? Yes. And you use your loud voices, please, if you may. Okay. It's on the front of your bulletin, and we are reading... Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 15 through 22, all together. You ready? Okay. In this meaningless life of mine, I have seen both of these, the righteous perishing in their righteousness and the wicked living long in their wickedness. Do not be overrighteous, neither be overwise. Why destroy yourself? Do not be overwicked. And do not be a fool. Why die before your time? It is good to grasp the one and not let go of the other. Whoever fears God will avoid all extremes. Wisdom makes one wise person more powerful than ten rulers in a city. Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins. Do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you, for you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. That was really, really good. Thanks, Dan. I I got my own. (laughs) So this is the time. This is a little bit of a selfish request here. I have asked our friends from the Midwest to sing for us. Uh, it is something that uh, they do each year, and it just means the world to me. So you guys just get to sit in on it. So if you guys wouldn't mind singing, that would be awesome. We're going to sing one verse of a German song, then we'll sing a verse of an English.
Thank you guys so much. Every year that you sing in German, I just I can't help but cry. Every year when they sing in German, I begin to tear up. And I think I've begun to understand why. It's because when you sing in German, a language I don't know, I see heaven. Because in heaven, everyone will be singing in their own tongue. And we'll all know what they're saying. Because we'll all be united. And you sitting there think that's heaven out there. Because how beautiful it is. Those trees don't last forever. Only the human soul. You are heaven. And you look all so different. You look around, you look all so different. And that's what makes these leaves so beautiful. That's why you all came here. That's why you drove where you're from. All the leaves look the same. (laughs) Am I not right? That's why you came. But yet we divide. Yet we we huddle in groups where we all look the same. That's not heaven. Heaven is where we all worship one God and we all look different. And we all sound different. That's why I love it when you guys sing in German. Thank you. It means the world to me. So thank you very much. It's a cool glimpse into heaven, is it not? It's really cool. Well, we've been in the book of Ecclesiastes. And um, today I'm going to use a little sermon illustration about signs. And signs... (laughs) Interesting word, right? You say the word signs and you can go all over the place, right? Signs, right? There's a lot of people right now that say, oh, there's signs. Signs of the end times. Signs Jesus is coming tomorrow. Signs. I'm not going to stand up in here and tell you anything about that. I'm a ski bum pastor, okay? And uh, I just know that when Jesus hit the up elevator and ascended into heaven, he said that you would be entering into the last days. I know that Paul that wrote most of the scriptures thought he was in the last days. My uh, family, some of them think that they're in the last days. We might be, but as soon as Jesus went to heaven, to God, they are the last days because it says to God, a thousand years is but boom. So we are. So I'm not going to talk about those signs. Though a lot of preachers do and they get a lot of attention, I'm not that smart. Um, But there are the signs now that we all have on our yards, right? There has been a lot of signs on a lot of people's yards. And remember back about 20 years ago, signs would only come out on people's yards every four years. Did you remember those days? Now there's just signs in everyone's yard all the time, right? We got black signs. We got blue signs. We got rainbow signs. We got Republican signs. We got Democrat signs. We got this sign. We got that sign. And it's just like every sign imaginable. And it's just like it, the world right now sounds a little bit like the back seat when you had kids in middle school. She touched me. He touched me. They looked at me. They looked at me. They're wrong. You're wrong. I'm right. You're right. We're wrong. I was like, ah, Someone needs to pull the car over. Make these children walk. So anyway, I like to lighten the mood a little bit by reading some funny signs. These are some funny signs. (laughs) This one's funny. There was a sign that says, I just realized my trash goes out more than I do. (laughs) I I thought that. That was good. This one's for me. I need to practice some social distancing from the refrigerator. I I hear them. Speaking of refrigerators, I like this one. It says, is your refrigerator running? Because I might vote for it. (laughs) 
that one, that one, that one, uh, that one was good. This one is for all you social media people out there. Unless you have fallen on your tre- treadmill, no one wants to hear about it. <laughs> I think I think that one was funny. This is another really kind of witty one. It's good. It says, 2019, we were supposed to avoid negative people. 2020, we were supposed to avoid positive people. <laughs> that was a good one. Another one says, I forgot how expensive the outdoors was. True. And then I'll end with this one because it's... <laughs> Well, this is another good one. It says, I just told my kids that I'm older than Google. They think I'm joking. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and then this last one's really good. It says, I'm so tired of babysitting my mother's grandkids. <laughs> I, thought, I, uh, I thought that was a good one. So where where am I going? <laughs> Wait a minute. She got that one. It was good. Took a, all of a sudden, the kiddo down here just figured that out. <laughs> Wait till you have kids. <laughs> Wait, you mean I need to take these home, Grammy and Grandpa? I thought they stayed here. Oh. Um, this passage of Scripture here talks about its extremes. And that is one thing that it seems like our media has tried to do is tried to put you in a camp. And if you're not in a camp, then they can't get you angry or can't get you excited. And so they've tried to create extremes, right? They've tried to create these extremes. Well, I found out the other day through a podcast that the word media actually is a Latin word for in the middle. For in the middle. And did you realize that when you use media... To connect with somebody else, there is something in the middle. And if you don't think that that something in the middle affects how you connect and how people connect with you, you are flat out wrong. It does. Now, there is some incredible things about social media. You learn some things that, I mean, I just found out that a gal that I went on a missions trip with in 1996 is on a TV show called From the Wild. She's a chef, and she goes into the wild with hunting hunters, and she cooks up what they hunt in a really cool way. I would never know that without social media. I thought that was really cool. And I've connected with her because she did a, a thing with a roughneck grouse the other day, and I sent her a picture of my son who had just shot a roughneck grouse, and I thought that was pretty cool, right? You connect with family members that you would never have been able to connect with. There's some beautiful things about social media. But there are some real ugly things about social media. They're saying right now, between the pandemic and then kids having the phone, they don't know how to have an actual real person-on-person interaction. That brings them anxiety. Literally, anxiety. Right? They don't know how to talk to their peers. They can only text or Snapchat or, or video screen their, their, their peers. They don't really know how to. When we put something in the middle, when we put something in the middle, we affect how we connect. And I want to bring your attention to something that I feel the enemy, I do believe and a bad team. Why do I believe in a bad team? Because the Bible told me that there's an enemy. I also believe in a bad team because I've lived 40 years. 
right? I heard someone say, if you don't believe in original sin, you haven't had a two-year-old yet. (laughs) Amen. Owning a two-year-old is like having a blender without a lid. (laughs) Right? Totally. Right? And so I have noticed in the enemy, the enemy does not care which side of the middle, which side of of the media, which side of the horse you fall off on. Did you notice what the passage says? It says, beware of being too righteous. And then it flipped right around and said, beware of being too foolish. Isn't that interesting? Because you have the real righteous pointing the finger at the foolish going, ha ha, see, they're off. All the while, they're off the horse too. Have you ever noticed that? We love to point at people that we say have fallen off the horse. Ha <laughs> ha, look at that person. They're off the horse. Well, you know what? Usually you know someone's off the horse because you are off the horse yourself. Right? And I do not think the, the enemy cares which side of the horse you fall off on. And now what's happened is we've gathered all of this data to justify which side of the horse we've fallen off on. I always find it really interesting when someone goes, well, according to my research... Really? Okay, what what credit? Who are you? (laughs) Because if you're anything like me, you should never listen to me when I say, according to my research. (laughs) Because my research involves, well, you should actually listen to me when I say, according to my research, here are the places to eat. Now you should listen to according to my research. But if I was to say according to my research, this is how you should do this or whatever, no. The other time that you should listen is when I open God's word. When we open God's word here and we say, beware. The Bible says right here, this is written by one of the wisest men who ever lived, King Solomon. Actually, I should rephrase. It's not written. It's quoted. He's quoted here. There's an author that writes the book of Ecclesiastes, and he is quoting the Kohelet is the original word, which means the gatherer or the teacher. And he is quoting the Kohelet, the teacher, the wise one. What I find incredible, all of you young folks that are out there just aspiring to make huge amounts of money and huge amounts of fame and really want to be successful in your life, this was one of the most successful people who ever lived. The riches of Solomon stack up in the top three wealthiest people who ever lived. The only other two were Chinese dynasties. He was the third wealthiest who ever lived. I mean, he makes Bill Gates look like a chump. Solomon was one of the wealthiest. And did you notice? Open up your bulletin. What's the first line? Of the most wealthiest, most experienced, best dressed, best out to eat, best entertained. What's the first line of the most best dressed, best entertained, most wise person who ever lived, really wealthy? What's it say? What did you just say? This is the most wealthiest. This is the most traveled. This is the most, the best food, the best entertainment. How does this chapter, how does this verse start out? in this meaningless life of mine? You all just rode a gondola to church. You guys came in a huge bus from the Midwest. How many took planes to get here 
actual jets, not to this point, but to New England. Anyone fly to New England to look at the, you took jets to get here. Let me say that again. You rode a gondola to church. You rode a bus to get here. You had planes to get here. See what happens when you have the resources at your disposal to do what you want. You find out what you want isn't what you really need. Let me say that again. When you have the resources at your disposal to get what you want, you find out what you want isn't what you really need. And this is King Solomon, the wisest person who ever lived, and he had more resources than all of us in this place combined by a long shot. And what he said, I have tasted everything. I have seen everything. I have heard everything. I have felt everything. And I have found, I have found that it is all meaningless. Meaningless. Now, What's the alternative? What's the answer? That's just sad. That's just sad. But this is what he says. And I want to introduce you to another sign. Remember how I told you, you see all these different signs. Maybe there's signs of like what your favorite sports team or what you think. There's all these different signs. Do you know what one sign that you see sometimes? It says, beware of dog. Beware of dog. And what I would, I would challenge you is that what the wisest person in the world, the, one of the richest, one of the ones that had the most food, he has gone and done everything. And what he would say to you is that sign, you just need to trade two letters. He would say, beware of God. See that? There's a sign out there, beware of dog. But the wisest person ever would just say, switch those two and says, beware of God. And there's two things. Be aware of God and beware of God. And see, that's sometimes what I am tempted to preach as a guy who wants you to like me. I want to present to you a likable God. I love what C.S. Lewis says in his book, uh, Chronicles of Narnia, about Aslan, the character who represents God. C.S. Lewis says this through Mr. Tumnus. Osland is not a safe God. He is a wild God and cannot be tamed by human hands. They're talking about a lion that represents God in this story. Osland is not a tame lion. He is not safe, but he is good. God is not tamed. God is wild. Is God love? Yes. But is God justice? Does God have wrath? Yes. And so beware of God and be aware of God. That is what the wisest person is saying. So you got that? You remember that? Next time you see a sign that says beware of dog, you're going to remember, aren't you? To switch those two. And I hope you see them. I hope a lot of you put beware of God on your sticky note and throw it on your computer. I hope you put beware of God and write it on the mirror in your bathroom. For you and for I must beware of God. Not once a week on Sunday morning. Not once or three times a day by the table. We must live in an awareness of God 24 hours a day. 
We must. And we can only enter into that by faith in Jesus. And this leads me to the next sign. We hiked the Appalachian Trail in 2019, uh, my family and I, and we actually met Kilroy from Texas uh, on the trail. One of the things that I noticed down south, good old Bible Belt, is there was a lot of signs up, and a lot of them said John 3.16. There was barns that had John 3.16 written on them. There were signs that said John 3.16 in it. Well, if you don't know what John 3.16 says, it's one of probably the most famous passages in the Bible. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that who would ever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's John 3.16. But here's what I found very interesting about John 3.16. Do you know what typically was the sign on the people's property next to their John 3.16 sign? Private property no trespassing we laugh but we have done that we have taken the gospel that is for god so loved the whole world that all have sinned and come short of the glory of god that jesus died for all we have said this is the gospel oh private property, no trespassing. Have we not? I love what my father said. He said next to one time, he he was actually the one that pointed it out. My dad was driving around following us on the Apple Trail. He pointed this out. He saw us, I wish I took a picture of it, but it said John 3.16 on this barn, and then it had this big sign that said no trespassing, private property. And my dad saw that and he goes, next to John 3.16 it should say public way all welcome right because that's the gospel john three sixteen, public way all welcome another funny sign i said i saw was a sign that was put out in front of a church and it says trespassers will be baptized Frequent trespassing leads to called mission trips or set. Oh, frequent, freak, frequent trespassers will be sent on a mission trip. <laughs> I, I that was a really funny sign. <laughs> John three sixteen, public way, all welcome. And this is the gospel, and it comes from the Old Testament, the Book of Isaiah. And I love this. I had a professor that said, you need to go in on the all and come out on the all to be saved. Now let me hear, hear me quote this, this scripture. Now listen, my professor said, you need, so if you're wondering what it means to be saved, I'm going to give it to you from God's word. You need to go in on this all and come out on this all to be saved. And it says this, all we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone has turned to their own way. And God has laid the iniquities on Christ of us all. Let me say that again. you got to go in on the all and come out on the all. All of us have gone astray. Every single one of us has turned to our own way. And God has laid the punishment of our choices on Jesus for us all. We must go in on the all and we must come out on the all. 
These are the signs of the wisdom from the Scriptures that we must be aware of God and that the Gospel is the public way. All are welcome. And you and I, every single one of us, must go in on the all that we confess that we have gone astray, that I have turned to my own way. Remember I said you don't believe it? You once were a two-year-old too. And sometimes you and I still act too. Right? Remember I told you we need to pull this bus over because we're fighting in the back? (laughs) And some of these kids need to be let out and said walk home? I'm there. Be careful. Be careful. We love to think that the sermon is for somebody else. The scripture is for somebody else. What is the mirror for in your bathroom? Is the mirror for your neighbor? Do you put your mirror in your bathroom for your mother-in-law? No. The mirror is for you. And the Word of God calls itself a mirror. The mirror is not for your spouse or your children or your neighbor or the person that votes differently than you. The mirror is for you. The mirror is for me. All we like sheep have gone astray. Every single one of us has turned to hit our own way. And the Lord has laid on Christ the payment for yours and my decisions. All of them. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. The Bible is clear that there is no salvation under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved except through the name of Jesus Christ. That's it. And you and I can't earn that. We can only have faith and believe in it, accept it as a free gift. Man, I love being part of this truth because I'm a man who doubts. I'm a man who sins. I'm prone to turn to the left and to the right, but yet God can use me to speak the truth that's way older than me, way wiser than me. The truth will live way beyond this mountain and way beyond that gondola and way beyond this ministry. I pray that you come to the truth, and the Bible says the truth will set you free. The Bible says that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now cast off that yoke of slavery. Jesus, we love you. God, we praise you. We thank you that your word is true. Your word is true. It was true from the beginning, and it will true beyond all of this. And that we can believe in this, something much bigger than us, greater than us. I ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would lead people to confess with their mouth and believe in, their, in your heart that they are, that you are God, that you've raised Christ from the dead, that he is Savior. God, that they would find that you reward those who diligently seek you and put you first. We thank you for this opportunity. We live in a country, God, where we could ride a gondola to church and sit and look at the leaves while we praise you in song. You are so good to us. May we not take it for granted. May we give you praise and glory and honor. May we pray for those that are oppressed, that are those that are less fortunate ourselves. May we pray for those that are struggling. God, we give it all to you, and we thank you for this space and this time that we get to be a part of. So near we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. 
We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.